could not hide his interest in them as they drove through the square, but it was a bad fleet. There was not a skipper on any of those boats who would not slash the nets of the others if he thought he would get away with it. On one side of the square was the Ballydog Hotel. It was a bad hotel and always empty. Next door was the Lobster's Cage Pub, a bad pub but always full. Past the pub, a street quickly narrowed and headed towards the lighthouse. The stranger's car did not travel this way, no car could. The road turned into a narrow track that ran between the rocky shore and rushy slopes. The lighthouse was out of sight of Ballydog, except at night when the pulse of its light could be seen in the air. It was painted purest white and seemed all the whiter because it was one of the few buildings in Ballydog that was painted at all. Mr. Weir, the lighthouse keeper, proudly did the job himself twice a year. Between the lighthouse and the town square was the old pier, not used any more by fishermen since they got the new pier in the town centre. The old pier was made of rough blocks of stone. Rusted ladders and rings were bolted to its sides, Weeds grew from the gaps, and at water level generations of barnacles were clamped on top of one another. There was only one boat tied up at the old pier, a small fishing trawler called the Sunny Boy. It had not moved in years. A young girl, barefoot despite the cold, stepped out of the wheelhouse. She walked over to the railing and peered down into the water. Her name was May, and the sunny boy was her home. Good morning, she said brightly, although no one else could be seen. A bit of breakfast? Under the grill in the wheelhouse, over two dozen fish fingers were cooking. There was never a shortage of fish fingers in Bally Dog. May went back inside to fetch a few, cupping them carefully in her hand so as not to get burned. Wah! A seagull dive-bombed out of the sky and tried to steal the food away. Get away, May yelled, leaning over to protect the feast. The seagull bounced off her back and spun away, shedding feathers. It circled her twice. She hissed at it. It gave up and went to join the flock wheeling above the town centre. That's right, scram, said May. All ye think about is food. The squawking and screeching of seagulls was the constant soundtrack of Ballydog. They lived mainly off the fish spilling from trucks or left lying on decks at the end of each day. They squabbled over these pickings. Two seagulls could often be seen pulling at the opposite end of the same dead fish. If Ballydog seagulls heard that normal seagulls from other parts of the coast actually went out to sea and hunted fish for themselves, they would not have believed it they would have thought it was the craziest idea they had ever heard in their lives. Here you go, old man, May said and dropped a fish finger into the water. Two small fish darted towards the offering and nibbled at it. That's not for ye fellas either, she said. The sunny boy shifted in the water. Disturbed, the fish darted away. 
The car tires hanging from the boat's side to protect its woodwork from the rough stone were pressed against the pier and squealed harshly. The old boards of the sunny boy creaked. Underneath the hull, something was waking up and beginning to move. Foods, he was thinking. One by one, May dropped more fish fingers into the water. On the other side of town, the stranger's car cruised up Main Street and turned into the estate. The estate was spread over a hillside. There were about fifty grey houses in it. "'We found you a place in here.' "'Somewhere,' said the driver. It was a bad estate. Every house was indistinguishable from every other. Every garden untended, every wall unpainted.' Ewan saw people twitching their curtains to watch them go by. All day these people sought gossip, but very little else.